0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you take my podcast, I appreciate it. Welcome. Uh, Yeah, I know there's there's something that people, oh, I want to know about people who listen. I'll get to it. But uh, for those who don't, I'm going to start with my milestone like I always do. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son his name is miles and i like to talk about the different things that are that are going on in his life sometimes it's big sometimes it's small sometimes it's nothing and this week uh he's doing well he's still up in rochester with my parents he's settled in uh like i said it, it just takes him a little bit of time to get used to like all the people everybody you know uh the moving around and all the noises and stuff he's just it just takes him a little bit of time to get acclimated to his new environment but uh my mom said he's doing well. He says that he's doing well. He's playing with his cousins, they're going out doing a lot of stuff, playing in the sprinkler, you know, just just, just the classic summer summer summertime stuff. My sister even sent me a video of him driving my one and a half year old niece around her power wheel. <laughs> I know he's a little big for that, but I think he likes being the big cousin, the big brother. He doesn't get that opportunity here and um I think it's a. I think it's a great opportunity for him to see how much he knows, um, how brave and strong he actually is. I think I think it's great for him and his confidence to have some younger cousins uh, that are going to look up to him and need him for certain things. I think that's that's uh, that's good. Um, I think my parents are looking to him for a certain strength and level of responsibility and stuff like that, and I, I think he needs that as well. So I, I think he's really enjoying himself. Uh, he just doesn't get that much interaction with other kids down here, you know. And, and that's something we've been working on and trying to find stuff. But it's it's so hard where we live at. Not a lot of programs and stuff. So he's having a good time. Uh, he's having fun. And it's, I gotta say, man, it's it's nice having family family that you can trust, or you can take your kid, you can send your kid down there for a, a few weeks. Because I gotta say, man, it's a lot. Of, a lot of people don't have that option. It's a lot of people with a lot of selfish family and like weird family where you you just can't trust your own family members to watch your kid. You know, I couldn't imagine having uh, parents or or sisters that I just couldn't trust. You know, that's got to it's got to be real shitty. And uh, I'm just very, very thankful and and glad that I have a family that that I I, I can do that. That it's, it's not like a financial burden on them. It's not a problem. And I'm not knocking anybody. Everybody's situation is different, man. But I have to I have to step back and think about how lucky and fortunate we are to have family that can that can do that. I mean, cause some some people like you, your, your kid coming there for a month. That's like, hey, man, I can't afford to feed this motherfucker, man. You need to send some money. And you know, luckily, like I said, luckily I have a I have a good family. Uh, you know, they're always there for me. They're supportive and. He's having a great time. so um, I know what everybody wants to know about. (laughs) I know. I know you want to hear the story. I'm going to get to it. I'll get to it. There's this other shit I want to talk about. And I'll I'll finish it. I'll make these other two things I want to talk about pretty quick. It's typical shit that I like to talk about. But I will get to that. I think I'll just save it for last. And when I say last, it's not going to be like the last three, four minutes. I I will, I will talk. uh, I don't want to say extensively, but it it won't be a, you know, a quick thing. But, um, yeah, I see, uh, your, (laughs) your boys back in the news, your boy, Donald Trump back in the news, indicted federally this time. This dude is racking up so many indictments, seven different counts. No one's really seen the indictment. And at this point, I really don't even care what happens with this man anymore. It's uh it's just it's just crazy that people still rock out with this dude. Um But you know what? Kinda to go in line with this, I've been watching um I've watched that uh Duggars documentary on Amazon yesterday. I think it's called Shiny Happy People. Shiny And by the way, I got a, I got a, uh, yeah, it's called Shiny Happy People, uh, the Duggar Family, what's it called, here it is, Shiny Happy People, Duggar Family Secrets, uh, yeah, and, you know what, man, just, just looking, Watching this documentary, I think it's called the IBL. What's it called? The IB, IBLP, Institute of Basic Life Principles. Yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, so we watching this documentary, man, about these uh, these fundamentalist Christians. You know, we y'all yeah, remember the Duggars, nineteen and counting. Uh, they're part of this this um church or belief system or organization the the institute of basic life iblp uh they basically believe in like having a bunch of kids so eventually they can put those kids who have those fundamentalist christian ideology beliefs uh and in their head so eventually they can propagate out into the government and have fundamentalist Christians take over the American government as it should be. And like watching this documentary, and I watched a few uh, other ones about uh, this organization or these this type of people. And like, it's just funny, man, you, you watch it and you really see why uh, Trump appeals to them. It's just like, uh, he basically uses the same. I don't even know if, if you want to call. It's the same method. It's the same method and principles of like just creating a cult, because that's all this this uh, this IBLP. It's 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 basically a cult, and one person in this in this uh, documentary they said something very very interesting to me. They go, Bill Gothard is like the guy who started this I, IBLP thing. He goes, he this he created this world where every every dad is basically like a dictator, and every house is an island. And I was just like, damn, that makes so much sense. It's, that whole movement is about, it's about uh, authority, uh, submission, being uh, knowing your role, especially like as a woman. Uh, and it, it basically just it it beats any type of uh, question ask, asking or um, creative thought. You just learn to become this docile obedient person who doesn't question anybody in authority, which is, um, which I noticed, like, that's what mega people are. It's just like, they say they don't, they don't like authority, but at the same time, they want to be ruled. They want to be told what to do. They, um, they want to believe everything. And like, also like these IBLP people, they, they want to go back to a time that really never existed. And like, look, I'm all for people wanting their lives to be simple and not want your life to be complicated. I get that, man. But it's just like, I, I feel like they just inundate themselves with the most mundane, simple tasks to make it seem like the world is fine. Like everything is okay. Like if you got nine kids, if you're worried about washing clothes and, and and feeding these kids and ironing clothes all day, that seems pretty simple. All I got to do is feed these kids. I got to figure out a system to get them all fed, to get them all bathed. And I'll let these guys go out and, and make the money. All I got to worry about is this: you hang about, you hang around all the other these people who think the same way you do. You never come into any contact with the outside world. I mean, these people, man, they don't even like let their kids read regular books. Everything has to go through this IBLP. All their programming, every all their movies are produced by them. I mean, it's absolutely insane the insulation that these people uh, have created. And you slowly see that with that with that MAGA movement. Oh, you know, you don't like social media. Here, we'll we'll create our own. We'll create our own thing. I, I also noticed too. Um, not to get too into the weeds and seeds of it, but the guy Bill got, Gothard, his brother, got involved with some weird sexual allegations. And eventually, after trying several times, he tried to like keep him in the organization, but they had to let him go. And he basically kind of revamped the program to kind of. uh, get his brother's name out of the um out of the picture and when he kind of rebranded he came back with this rule where you're not allowed to quote-unquote gossip basically like hey you're not allowed to say anything bad about any of the leaders and like that's some cult shit right there And if you notice it, it was like the, it was really starting to get like that with trump hey man you, can, you can't say any no anything bad about this guy no matter what no matter what and i noticed too like it seems like all they do is point out all the evil in the world and all the wrongdoing that everybody else is doing. So when they get caught doing dirt, they can just go, well, everybody else does it. I'm just, I'm just like everybody else, but you hold everybody up to this standard up here, right? Hold their feet to the fire. Consequences are severe. But when it's you, you use that same, those same people that you prosecuted or whatever, as an example as to why you should be shown leniency and how everybody else does it and it's really not that big of a deal but i i I really like just the level of of uh loyalty and commitment of people like this this people this letting shit go that they know doesn't seem right you know like i'm watching these interviews and they, they would go these girls would go yeah he's like touching my thigh and underneath my skirt they go this doesn't feel right but at the same time they, they're they not told how to tell a man no this is their leader he, th- this really can't be wrong this feels this doesn't feel right but i wasn't told it was wrong i don't have a really and like i watch i've watched these january 6 uh hearings i've i've watched several interviews of people in this whole trump organization and it's kind of the same thing where they're like i knew some of the stuff that was going on was weird but nobody else was really saying anything it's like he took that that christian fundamentalist uh that whole um what do you want to call it that playbook he took that whole playbook and I'm, and I'm guessing that's basically how cults, in a, in a nutshell, run. You just got this narcissistic dude uh, at the head of it. So it's just like this, just watching how they support each other, the loyalty. I mean, this guy defended his own son against molesting his his daughters. He, just, he got on TV. He got on the news, Fox News, who plans to be this Christian thing. And just was like well i think he's cured that's nah, not that big of a deal they, they didn't even know what happened they were sleeping it's just like but you you look at all these people that go to school board meetings now talking about grooming kids and all the weird sex stuff and they them and pronouns and they're pushing the gay agenda on our kids and but then you look at these these organizations and all they do these these fundamentalist christian organizations they are rife with pedophilia sexual assault, rape, uh, people doing shit to little boys. Is it just, yeah, just it's crazy. So again, it's just a reflection of what's going on in these little communities. They push it out into the world. And when they find those cases, they go see, but all they do is defend people in their own circle that are doing the same thing. And a lot of times worse. And I would say for me, my life is definitely nothing like that. But like just listening to, to some of these people talking about how like they just always thought they were they were just bad. They were always like overanalyzing all their behavior, afraid of going to hell. And they just kept saying it was just a fear, fear, fear based society, fear based. And I go, oh, that's exactly what it was like for me going to church. That's why I didn't like it. It, it didn't make me feel good. I thought God was supposed to be happy and fun. It, it was not for me i was like why do why would i want to come here where i'm told i'm a bad person i'm like nine years old and i'm being told i'm bad and i'm going to hell haven't done anything i used to really take that to heart as a as a kid but nobody really understood that um but it's just uh, i i do find this this cult stuff i find it very fascinating man the fact that the people who swear they're just so impervious to being brainwashed are the ones who are brainwashed the most it's just it's absolutely just mind-blowing and with that being said i don't know what's going to happen to donald trump it's just i watched that documentary and i see how that whole organization how it works uh how they manipulate people and i was just like man this guy he stole their whole playbook and, and the thing is it fucking worked it worked it 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 worked man he's got <laughs> it's crazy if you if you have amazon prime I highly recommend that documentary is, is very, very interesting. Uh, and it's crazy to think that like, this is going on in America right now in 2023 there's still these groups of people and there's so many of them. That's, that's the scary part. There's a lot of these fucking people, man, all varying degrees of their craziness, but they all kind of have like the basic, uh, like this homeschooling shit that they're talking about, man now i see why motherfuckers make fun of homeschoolers because i used to never get it but now it it makes sense because i see where that whole homeschool movement came from and also there are a few people that i work with in the military i'm like what the fuck is up with this person i was a, i will say this i was a fairly sheltered kid growing up but i went to public school private schools uh i was allowed to go out so i was somewhat sheltered but like Now I understand some of these people that came into the military who knew how to do absolutely nothing. Literally some of these guys I I was in military with, how'd you go? Come here. Oh, as soon as I turned 18, my dad drove me down to the recruiter's office and I left. Then you find out, oh, yeah, I'm I'm one of ten. I'm one of seven. Yeah, we're super Christian. We grew up in this thing. And when I, when we would date, our parents had to go. And I go, who, who's doing this stuff? And then you watch these documentaries. You hear about stuff like the IBLP. And you go, oh, shit. That's who that kid, that's where that kid came from. That's why that, that kid acts the way that he does. Makes sense. Man. <laughs> I mean, Look, I work with this one guy, and I'm not trying to be funny in the least bit. I always thought he was a little off. But then this motherfucker got married. And then someone goes, you should see X's wife. Man, we get on Facebook. I'm not lying. I do not know how this is legal. This woman absolutely looked like she was of a um, diminished mental capacity. And I'm thinking, like, how... How can anyone marry this woman? What person let somebody, and I go, I go, oh, this is your wife? Oh, yeah, her dad liked me, and he said we should get married. This guy basically pawned off his mentally challenged daughter on somebody else who I felt was mentally challenged, and they have a baby. I mean, when, they, when I saw the pictures, I, I, that was the first thing I said. How was this even legal? This person doesn't look like they have the mental capacity to want consent to a relationship, marriage, and a baby. But they they had these vibes. <laughs> they, had, they had these IBLP vibes, both parties. I think they even met at a church or something like that. So I, I think that's what that was. It was just like, you know what? I can't take care of this person. Here's this young military guy who doesn't seem to really uh, – but he has a steady paycheck and a place to live and I can kind of monitor things just weird man just weird uh, yeah check that out man <laughs> check that check that out uh, another crazy story right now Zion Williamson he announced that he was having a baby and I, and I saw I go look at this young man he having a baby okay that's cool and without fail within a few hours he, he had allegations uh I don't even know if I'm saying her name right again not trying to be funny uh mariah mills alleged porn star is just tweeting crazy shit like i can't believe you're doing this to me you talking about you're gonna fly me down to uh to new orleans you're gonna move me down to new orleans you're gonna give me all this give me all that man this dude uh <laughs> there's one message where he's like uh i don't know how much you expect me to pay but i'm really excited and then another alleged porn star, this, this lady named Yammy Taylor. Like, are you for real? You got this bitch pregnant and you over here laying up with me, posting pictures of him laying in the bed. They're basically both mad that they, he knew he had a baby on the way, but he was still fucking them. And look, man, I, I truly stay. I try to stay out of this shit. One, I'm too old and I really don't care. All right, people going to do what they do. I try I try to stay out of women's business. I try to do that too. I read shit and I go, oh, that's interesting. But I don't get involved online with this type of shit. But look, the lady, Yammy, uh, Yammy Taylor, was like, uh, she called him a nasty-ass sex addict. Yeah, how are we... She called a 22-year-old millionaire a sex addict. I don't care. First of all, I don't care how much money you have. Every 22-year-old dude is a sex addict, whether they want to be or not. Okay? Look, when I was in the military, I got a $12,000 bonus. They gave me half at once. And I think it was like $4,300. I had $4,300, and I, I lost my fucking mind at the mall. Lost my mind over $4,300. This dude is worth almost a quarter billion. Of course, he's going to lose his mind and do dumb shit. He's 22 years old. All right, 22? You got $4,000? You're going to buy every pair of sneakers, every outfit you want, video game system, everything you want, you will buy. Now, we in this era now where we say sex work is work and you got OnlyFans, you got women selling pussy. And guess what? Whether you agree with it or not, that's the thing. That's that's where it is. That's where we are. And I'm completely fine with that. If you want to be on OnlyFans, if you're selling pussy, you're selling ass, more power to you. Get the bag. Get what you want to get. But don't get attached. That's what's happening here. And that's why I really feel like we built differently. You see a lot of podcasts, a lot of people talking about, how oh, these niggas can't handle when I'm doing this, that, and the third. These niggas is lame. Niggas are blah, 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 blah. But see, here's an example. 22-year-old dude, shit ton of money. He fucking all these women. Porn, star, porn stars are, are upset. They're mad. They want to be the baby mama. They got into this to get paid. And look, they see that she a scrub compared to them, or whatever you want to. see mid, she, she wax, she this. It is what it is. She got, she won. She got the baby. Don't don't be mad because you were a little a toy. You on only fans. You are, you are a porn star. Y'all act like y'all don't fall in love. Y'all all y'all do is clown. All niggas be falling in love with you, and then here you are crying over this dude. Crying over Zion Williamson. I mean, look how this nigga dress. You knew he was going to be buying pussy. You knew it. Of course, small on Pornhub, you pour all that shit. And he go, you know what? I'm going to contact this person. Oh, she got OnlyFans? I think I can afford that. Don't get attached. Now, is this man making it messy for himself? Yeah, but I can't judge him. I, I can't imagine Y'all think Ja Morant and Zion Williamson are really fucking up? Look how we fuck up our lives with. And you got a motherfucking uh, uh, a, a job at Sheets Burger King. Motherfuckers at Walmart fucking multiple people. Got multiple people. Y'all all work at Walmart, and you got two. You got two women on your shit pregnant. Look how messy poor people make it and regular people. You don't think a motherfucking six foot eight dude with a with a 50 inch vertical 200 million dollar counter. You don't think they're going to fuck up a little bit, man. Stop. Stop it. And I get we're talking about there's a baby involved all that kind of stuff. But I cannot judge a young dude in the prime of his life. In the era that we're in for doing the shit that he's doing especially when it comes to the porn stars if you got the money they hitting you up hey if that's what you into, why not this a few years ago this kid was he was a teenager scrolling through shit like i wish i had that now it's an option just imagine walking by the toy store every single day for 18 years and then at 19 years they go, here's uh 100 million dollars and guess what now you have a- access not not only to that toy store, but to the whole mall and everything else. Now be under control. Have a good time. Come on, man. N- nothing but debauchery and bash is gonna happen. <laughs> He's young. More power to him. Just I would just just be smart. Wrap your shit up. Don't get don't get don't get sick. If you really wanna do that. Just, uh, just don't get sick, man. Get you, get you a little one or two and you can call it a day. But then again, who am I to tell a motherfucker what he can and can't do and what they should and shouldn't be eating? I'll, I guess all I can say is, hey, man, just be smart and don't hurt anybody. That's all you can really say. Don't hurt anybody and just be smart. That's all you can say. And uh, all right, I, I'll get to it. I will get to it. So, as I posted a couple of days ago, I am no longer uh, on tour with Neil Brennan. I had 10 dates. Uh, I was super excited. Uh, last Thursday was the first show, Howard Theater. You know, I, I get there. got my own dressing room. I see him. He's cool, man. He, and uh, I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to get this tour going. And I asked him, I go, hey, I got a friend who wants to come out and f- uh, film some backstage stuff tomorrow or something you know i just want to capture this hey no problem at all cool no i don't care when he comes out so i go hey man neil said it's cool you want to come down and film cool but boy comes down film i make sure i keep shit separate i'm not filming in his groomer green room or anything like that i'm just making sure i'm not in anybody's way you know some people could say hey maybe you're doing a little too much but i'm also at an age where i i want to ask for shit that i want I've, 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 I've done that thing of now. Nah, I don't want to, I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm sick of doing that now. Uh, yes, there, there is a, uh, you can do too much. You can, but also people can also say, no, Hey man, do you mind if my buddy could? No, that was never said. Cause I, and I say, I'll just say, I've been thinking about all this stuff for like the last three or four days. Was this too much? What did I do? What did I do wrong? Did I do this? Did I do that? And I told myself was I perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Could I have could I have tightened it up? Yeah. And that was the plan over the tour, is to find out exactly what he wanted and make sure I got to where he wanted me to be. Um. And I I just kept going back and forth about all the different decisions they made. Did I do this wrong? What about that? And I told myself, you know what, ultimately. It wasn't on me. I even asked Neil. I go, hey, man, did I do anything to disrespect you? I do anything wrong? He goes, no, absolutely not. So, we do the show Thursday. Uh, it goes well. Uh, I had a lot of fun, man. Shout out to everybody at the Howard Theater. Uh, thanks to TJ for coming out and shooting some stuff backstage. Um, Friday, we're doing the Kennedy Center. Uh, I'm super excited about that. That is a absolutely monstrous facility it's so big i think there's nine different performance venues and uh we get there it's like a five six hundred seat theater um and i got again got my own dressing room got the, my name hanging on the door it's got the bulbs on the on the, uh on the mirror it's just uh it's it's going well man my wife is finally there we we she hasn't been able, been able to come to a show for a long time she's there um we get a nice hotel downtown just just kind of just really soaking it all in. Uh, a couple of friends come. First show, I uh, I like it a lot. Like it a lot, but I felt like a couple of jokes really didn't hit. So I dropped a couple, um, and I switched up my set because I was coming out. Because it's Pride Month, I go, oh, let me open up with my gay pride stuff. So I opened with that, but I felt like that might have been a little too much. So I opened up with – stuff about miles and being a dad then i went into like my pride stuff and then i closed on um uh stuff about my wife and i then i got this new bit i'm doing about reality show reality shows and i feel like i have have a great step you know uh my my wife and her her friends meet neil we hang out for a little bit go back to the hotel chill get up uh, saturday my wife has to come back down to Charlottesville. she's got an event that she's working on and, and uh, I get up and I run over to Neil's uh, hotel and I pick him up and we drive to Baltimore together because we have two shows in Baltimore, at the Baltimore soundstage. We have a great conversation. We talk about the military, talking comedy, just talking. Uh, he's telling me old stories about, you know, this Mike Epps and just a lot of this cool comedy stories, a lot of cool shit. And we have a great time, man. It's uh it's, it's pretty surreal. It's just like, man, I've been, this is somebody I watched for years. He co-wrote the Chappelle show he knows so much about comedy just had a just had a great time man i just just felt like uh we had some great conversations mesh well Uh, as far as the conversation went uh yeah get to baltimore drop him off at his hotel go to mine uh and we get to baltimore soundstage that night it's a nice cool little rock venue downtown great venue man super cool first show uh and this is i, I will say i'll full, dislo- full disclosure i will say this is probably my biggest fuck up the entire weekend i'm supposed to do 20 minutes i go up i think fig- i realize i forget my phone and i'm up there for maybe 15 minutes or so and i go shit man don't have my phone and i asked the uh, sound guy for time he goes "10:08." i go damn i have only been up here for 10 minutes so what happened was he gave me the time of day instead of my running time how long i had been on stage this is all my fault i should have had a way to keep my own time and i end up going over by eight minutes because i still think i have 10 more minutes to do because sometimes like depending on how it's going 10 minutes can seem very long 10 minutes can be very short i'm not very i'm not really sure and that's why i said this is where i fucked up i put my notes in my back pocket instead of my phone and that's something i got to get better i have to get better at and uh so I end up going 8 minutes over. Hey, that's that's a lot. Uh and but I get off stage and uh they're like you went over your time ago. I, I thought I had 10 minutes to go. No. Then they explained to me what happened. And luckily Neil realized what had happened too. He goes, "Oh no, he thinks that th- that the sound guy means he needs he has 10 more minutes. So he's going to do 10 more minutes." so uh yeah i would say that's the worst thing that happened it was very very embarrassing uh it's all on me i'm always talking to these new guys about not going over your time making sure you keep your time and uh he comes off stage after he fucking destroyed and uh, i was very apologetic we talked about it he was like you just got to get a watch get a timer get something and that was completely my fault i mean completely unprofessional 100 percent uh, that was my fault, but he swears I, that had nothing to do with it. So, to be honest, I I, I don't know truly what happened. Uh, just the day before, we were in the car, and he was just like, hey, man, you know, contact the agent, get some more dates, cool. I'm thinking everything is cool. But I'm not saying that uh, anything bad about anybody. We didn't have any type of bad interaction. Um, he gave me some notes. I, to be honest, I think that I was just a little – too clubby a little too uh, maybe a little too dirty for him and i i get that he has a more refined uh audience and some comics really don't want their openers doing that they said that's really for them to do if they want to go further with the crowd that's them and i i get that 100 percent so i just think ultimately like we had a good time uh, he but it, it it just didn't work out uh is it my fault? I, I have no idea. I, that, that's why I've been replaying the whole weekend in my head. And there's like I said, there are some things that I, I could have done better. But uh, I got no feedback on that. So to be honest, I, I really don't know. I could speculate all day. But that's the kind of shit that drives me crazy. And I started second-guessing myself. And I, I'm a piece of shit. I did this wrong. All I know is, you know what? So, something happened. We didn't match up. I can look at all the things that I could have done differently, tighten some things up, really be on my P's and Q's. When it, when it, let me, it let me know, like, okay, maybe you, maybe you, uh, you got to clean up your act a little bit. And just to be on your shit, don't forget, this is the job. You got to be professional all the time, all the time. And may, And maybe I forgot that. Maybe I just wasn't as tight as I should have been and uh yeah so uh like i said nothing nothing bad happened we we talked about me going over the one time we had great conversations uh he had he has some good feedback he has a lot he had a lot of constructive criticism i felt like just in those three shows those two days i learned quite a bit and i'm just realizing sometimes things just don't work out and I'm not looking at it as a loss. It just means it just it just wasn't wasn't for me. And as I said on social media, he also offered me two other dates that I I just could not do. Those those dates were hard do not book dates in my in my calendar. My wife has her thing, her uh, solar seaville, and I have to be there for that. I I told myself as soon as she told me those dates 6 months ago, I, I blocked us off as do not book. And when I got those two dates, I just kind of saw it as like, you know what? That's just a sign that like, this is just, isn't going to work out. Cause I had an opportunity to do two other shows, but, uh, yeah, just let, it was just a lesson learned again, nothing bad happened, but I, I wanted to be fully transparent with everybody. Definitely, It was not a perfect weekend. It was definitely some, some learning opportunities for me. I had to look at myself a little bit, but, uh, I even talked to some vet comics that I really I really respect. I was honest with them. And they were like, you know what? Those really aren't, uh, what you're telling me really isn't fireable offenses in their mind. You know, some of these people know this person. And they go, hey, man, sorry sorry that this happened. But, uh, yeah. And to be honest, I'm completely okay with it. All right, I, w- I was a little shocked. It was a little hard to hear at first. But ultimately, it was his decision uh, I'm not saying that I would never, I'm never going to work with him again. I just feel like, you know, I just wasn't where I needed to be right now. And every comic it's completely different. I let him know. I would really love to learn from him. I think he's a great comic. I love how he writes. I love his mind. But maybe I'm just not where uh, I need to be for him to give that instruction. I mean, there's some coaches who are like, you know what? I don't really feel like rebuilding. That's how I looked at it, too. Maybe I'm just a little too rough around the edges. I have no idea. Like I said, I can make speculations all day. I don't know. All I know is I got great feedback from people after my sets. I got some good feedback from him. But after a few shows, he felt like you know what, it might not work out for whatever reason. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I had a great time. Thanks. Thank you for everybody. Thank you to everybody who was supported, who supported me, who was happy, happy for me. Um, but onward and upward. I just know there'll be something different. Uh, well, something new will come along. So I'm not. To be honest, I'm not really, really. I'm not really tripping. Uh, but I am thankful for the opportunity. I let him know that too. He said I can always keep in touch and ask him questions. And you know, if I need have have, uh, if I need any advice, I'm uh, I'm I'm more than welcome to contact him. So shout out to Neil. Thanks to everybody in his team that helped me out. And I uh, hope the rest of his tour goes great. And with that being said. Oh, you can catch me next weekend, Room Eight Hundred Eight, DC. I'm headlining Friday and Saturday, and I'm in um, Frederick, Maryland, Cellar Door this Sunday. So it 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 don't stop. It's just a little bump in the road, and uh, yeah, it just really lets me know, man. Nobody nobody can really help me or save me but me. I I have to do this on my own. Me going along with somebody else, you know, maybe that's maybe that's not the route for me. At least not at this point in time. But again, yeah, shit happens. Thanks to everybody that reached out. I'm fine. He's fine. We're cool. Again, no, I might be able to work with again work with them again in the future. I have no idea. All right. So, for those who want to know, there you go. That's what happened. So, can I say I was fired? Not really. He also, like I said, he gave me two other dates. Hey, you can do this and this. But for these other dates, I'm going to use other people. All right. Cool. Got it. All right, I'm out. Peace.